Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> What's going on? Back, back to doing this. I mean, I know we did this last week, but over Zoom, it's sad, isn't it? You know, not getting yeah. to see me anymore. Well, I can see you right now, but uh, <laughs> not having you next to me in my presence, yes. <laughs> How are you going, Laws? I, I'm going, um, okay, I actually did a post before and I said, because we're recording this on Friday, I said, I'm so happy because we're nearly one week through lockdown. Mm. And then someone replied to me and said, no, the lockdown officially started on Wednesday. <laughs> we're only two days in. <laughs> I saw someone else post about that though. I think it might have been Rosa or someone had said like, or I, um, she did the hearts thing where you like count down and tick off the hearts. But yes. someone was like, this is incorrect because it started Wednesday. But apparently it, it actually, we end on the 13th of September, which when you calculate it actually does mean six weeks before that is when it started. Does that make sense? I'm not making any sense right now, but I'm very I don't think confused. you're that... <laughs> I don't think that you're that wrong. I think we are technically almost a week in. Well, that's good then. (laughs) Anyway, uh, apart from that, um, my uh, miscalculation of isolation stage four, what else is going on? Well, something else going on is our reveals that we have coming. Mm -hmm. We have just done a QA, and a which went live yesterday into... Mm the world of social media, oh aka <laughs> the Keep It Cleaner Instagram page. And it answers a lot of the questions that we have been getting about the new, well, whatever new is whatever coming. Whatever it is. <laughs> um, and we do have some more announcements to come. So stay tuned for that. But if you would like to go check out that q and it's on the Insta. Yes. Yes. Um, it's just so exciting. I feel like any time I'm remi- I mean, I don't need to be reminded. It's obviously on our minds 24-7. But whenever I think about everything that's happening without giving anything away, it is just so exciting because it's been in the works for so long, you guys. And it's very hard when we're both very, you know, raw and open people. We usually talk about our day to day. And there's been so much that we've had to hold back. I feel like it's just, you know, I'm just dying to tell you all about it. So um, as Laura said, keep an eye out because we are sharing heaps. But um, I am doing pretty good. I'm actually super glad that we are recording today because I'm in a very strange happy mood um and I say very strange love because, it <laughs> because it's a rare just, thing <laughs> it's rare it's <laughs> been rare in isolation I will say that not not my happiness but like just it, it's been quite constant all day you know and I haven't really had that in a while and I think it might be because yesterday I had possibly one of my worst days in isolation mentally um I was just not feeling myself whatsoever I just felt like Josh could cough and I would yell at him like I was just on edge <laughs> and I just I didn't even yeah just everything was making me upset and angry and I just I just wanted to like crawl up in a little ball and lie in bed all day but I didn't but I, I got through it all day but just mentally I just felt like I was really battling with myself so I think after a bath and watching one of my favorite shows last night and then just kind of resetting and chatting with Josh at night I woke up kind of with a perspective on yesterday and wanting to make sure today was a bit better and started off my day with a kick workout with one of my besties over zoom which which definitely like 
started off a really positive way for my day. So it's just been really great all day and I'm really happy about it. <laughs> well, I, that's amazing to hear. I'm glad. Um, yeah, it is. It is like that. I feel like it's just up and down the mood swings in this time. Like usually, I mean, I have a few mood swings, but mm-hmm. I so was just making them more extreme. It's just heightened everything. I said that to yes. Josh yesterday. I was like, I'm just moody and everything is heightened. Obviously, maybe it's not affecting you, but it's affecting me. It's like, oh, my God. Anyway, we're all anyway, good now. <laughs> well, yes, and we are excited because you were going to tell us one of your favourite things because your special shirt last week was a absolute letdown. No, I kidding. I know, it wasn't a letdown. I, look, But I it know. was a, um, what's the word when you get excited for things and then it's not exciting well let down makes sense your really it, it doesn't make sense so <laughs> this week's special share on my end it is probably going to be a letdown for anyone who's not a fan of this kind of stuff but I know there is a lot of you who can relate to me and that are a big fan of this stuff so you will appreciate this and I know that because I got quite a lot of dms when I had a bit of a nostalgic throwback over my socials the other day I just started doing stories about Mary Kate Ashley and all this other stuff and as soon as I started doing it, so many people were writing to me being like, oh my God, I was the same. So anyway, the two, I've actually got two mini shares because it's two questions Amazing. that I often, often get <laughs> asked and they both relate back to that kind of my, my childhood and it, I don't know, it just makes me happy. But Mary Kate and Ashley, so little time. It's a very cheesy, easy to watch TV show that was on when I was a kid and I have found it on YouTube. So a lot of questions that I got was like, where are you watching it? Um, It's on YouTube, everyone. All you have to do is search so little time and every episode is there. Only the quality is really bad. (laughs) So you have to like, (laughs) like literally watch it at like a quarter of your computer screen size for it to be like not pixelated but anyway so you can't um what's it called you can't share it from your phone to your tv i definitely wouldn't do that no and (laughs) it's not even worth making it full screen on your laptop like it's just too pixelated so it's kind of just like put it off to the side maybe when you're just (laughs) chilling on your laptop you can have it in the side while you're surfing the net or something anyway that's where i found it though and i haven't managed to find it anywhere else i'm sure there's a better place to find it let us know if you know I have to say, I'm not going to be watching it. I I know you love it. I know it's great, but it's just... (laughs) I wasn't a large Mary-Kate and Ashley supporter, but for no reason. It just, they weren't my favourite growing up. But I would like for you to be able to watch it in a better way. So please let us know for Steph. (laughs) Thank you. That's really nice of you. Um, My second special share is another question that I get asked all the time and it's how do I play The Sims 2 on my laptop because I, I <laughs> oh often, my goodness. I know right we're really taking it back but I always play The Sims 2 and people are always like how have you got that on your Mac so it is a Mac um, app so you go to the app store on your Mac and you can buy it and look when I bought it I spent how much is it I spent $80 on this app. I know that's ridiculous, but it's got the whole expansion pack or most of the expansion pack of Sims 2. And when I used to buy Sims 2 from EB Games from the store, Doncaster Shopping Town, I used to spend that much on each disc. So Yeah, I was going to say... Yeah, it's a one disc price, yep. It's actually pretty good. So that's how I play that because... I'm sure there's a lot of other Sims fans out there who aren't too, like, they're not too into The Sims 3 and The Sims 4 that's out now. Sims 2 was, Sims 1 was not very good. Sims 2 is like the OG and, and the best, in my opinion. So if you want to play Sims 2 on your MacBook, you can find it on the App Store. That is all. <laughs> 
That's another one I'm probably not going to... I have an update on that too. So I think I spent about $80 on it. I just checked today and I think it's down to $46 now. Oh, I thought you were going to say you signed up to a subscription or something. It was $80 a month. (laughs) No, no, no. Okay, one-off payment of $46. Thank you, Steph. You haven't sold it to me just because I'm not a Sims gal, but I love to see my – Steph makes our family and then she sent me a photo. So I, I love you, the updates on our family. You're welcome. What's your special share? Um, and it I would just be, like to say also <laughs> that special share was awesome and your okay, special share last week was not a letdown. <laughs> just wasn't your favourite. Just disclaimer. My special share is actually quite a serious one. Oh, and so get serious. No, it's okay. not that serious. But so it is checking in with yourself. And that might seem like the most simple thing in the whole world, but it is so important. And something that I have done this this past week has been checking with the pressure that I've been putting on myself because I think we don't realize how much pressure is on us right now with everything that's going on in the world. And so I think it is so important to try if you can and alleviate any pressure you're actually putting on yourself because there's already so many uncontrollable pressures on us. So I've seen a lot through social media about, you know, losing the ISO kilos and eating guilt-free and all those things. And it's made me really upset to see that because it is so unnecessary. I mean, exercise for me through this time has been paramount and pivotal to me feeling good mentally. Exercise is so important for my mental state, but I don't do it because, you know, I want to lose a certain amount of kilos or look a certain way. It's it's literally just about how it's going to make me feel. And by doing exercise for that reason, for me personally, it takes all the pressure off. So it's so important just to check in with what pressure you're putting on yourself. We already have so much on us. So, you know, you don't need to worry about losing weight through this time or anything like that because, yeah, we, we just have enough already. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And your um, your post on that that you did, um, if anyone wanted to go and read about it, it's the photo of Lawsy looking very young and very little, um, a flashback photo of her modelling days when she was like, what were you like 19 or 20 at that time? No, I think I was 21. Oh, no, you were 21 because that's when or you were in 22. Europe, right? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what you wrote in that caption was so good and it was all on, on that. So yeah, go check it out. Well, thanks, Sophie. And now, sorry, this is the longest intro of all time. We apologize, but it's probably my special shares. I loved them. They were fantastic. Thank you. So this week we have got an amazing guest who is Tanya Hennessy. Steph, what have we got in store for us? Today? We got a lot of we've got a lot of laughs. To be honest, she is she's so funny, and I've I've read her first book, and it's probably one of the only books that I've read where I've actually laughed out loud. Um, she's you know been on radio, been a presenter, she's been in the media industry since um, well since she finished high school, but even through throughout high school, she did things like drama and everything. So she's always been really out there. But she also spoke about how you know, she can be so out there and um, what's it called? Not an introvert, an extrovert, but really she's actually quite shy and a bit of an introvert. So it was really cool to talk to her about all that sort of stuff. Um, She opened up about some struggles she's had throughout the industry. She was really raw and relatable. And again, I can't stress enough how funny she is. So I think you're going to really enjoy this podcast. (laughs) 
Absolutely. You, we got the laughs, like not just, you know, when you're just like, ha ha. Yeah. We got the, lo- the, the belly. I don't know how to, you know, the lower belly laughs, like yeah. laughs, laughs, like not like lava, <laughs>, laughs, <laughs> laughter, um, which was just awesome. I haven't laughed that much for a very long time. So we hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Tanya. I'm so excited to have you on the kickpod. Oh my God, guys, I'm excited to be here. Although I'm on a chair, I'm on a chair that I reckon is about to break. Like, no, not even kidding. I sat down and the, the legs are like, nah, not today. But I'm going to stay here and if it falls, then we will sue the company and we will all make some money together. <laughs> Probably not. Well, um, I've got to say, I like where you're sitting because not only have you got a beautiful bright top on, which um, which is very nice to see because I'm so used to seeing so much neutral out there these days. You've oh, also yeah. got a beautiful painting behind you. It's quite a nice... You know what? I can do like the most compelling content and people will go, where's that artwork from? And it drives me insane. And the artist is amazing. Her name's Katie McKinnon and she's incredible. And she's from Melbourne and, and sent this to me a couple of years back. Uh, well, I paid for it and she sent it. Because uh, I think so many times when you work on social, everyone just assumes you don't pay for anything. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like I went on holidays, like to the Blue Mountains. Everyone's like, how's your free holiday? I was like, I paid for it. <laughs> I'm just shouting them out because it's easier than everyone DMing me. Yeah, totally. Doing, where's this from? Or where's... And, mm, mm, I'm and sure you guys get it too. Oh, yeah, totally. Sometimes it is just it is just easier to just be like, this is where it is because I know you're going to ask me. Exactly. Um, but anyway, we want to start with a super simple question, although could be quite complex because of the year we've had. Why um, are you so hot? <laughs> That's, no, that's it. Um, <laughs> that's number two. Yeah. <laughs> 2020 has been a topsy-turvy year, to say the least. How are you going at the moment? I'm good. I was actually just thinking, I think I've got your book around here. It might be in the background. <gasps> I've got your book in front of me too. Look at that. Where is it? I'm not sure where it is, but well, your book to get your book together. Uh, and the reason I say that is because, yes, it's been a really, like, shitty year for a lot of people. Um, but this year I managed to finish a book and it has a – well, so you know how your book was a little bit, like, lifestyle, a bit of beauty, a bit of, like, health, a bit of this, a bit of that. My book sort of has a very similar vibe. Yeah. Less health, uh, if I'm completely honest. <laughs> Le- less exercise uh, significantly. In fact, there's just five pages of me in active wear. Um, for no reason, literally no reason. But uh, I've spent a lot of time writing, actually, and I. So I wrote this first book called Help Self, and then I've written. Actually, I was just writing then, as you guys came through with the meeting. I'm writing a junior fiction book about a little girl who puts on a play at an old people's centre. Oh, I love that. That is awesome. Well, I'm very excited um, to hear that you're writing another book because your book, Am I Doing This Right, was not only so insightful, but it was so funny. Oh, my Um, God. Thank you, girl. No, like, seriously, I actually laughed out loud while I was reading it, and I don't often do that when I'm reading a book. So very excited for what's to come. I I find it really hard to write... uh funny if you know what I mean it takes longer to write than say because when you say it you can hear the comedy but sometimes when you write it's like is that sarcastic is that this is it that you kind of have to know the person to understand the comedy so writing kids is really weird because you can't swear (laughs) or use like you can't you know you can't talk about boobs or any of the things that like adult things that I find funny so talking about like poo and and stuff (laughs) (laughs) it's sort of like where I'm centered I'm kind of like obsessed with this kid's book I can't stop writing it in fact I only signed the contract last week and it's basically finished 
That's amazing. Good job. Is that so? So, because you've been writing now, so do you think that having that as your distraction and kind of keeping you busy is is kind of keeping you sane during this time? Oh, 1,000%. Mm. And also, I've been exercising, you know, like you've got that like one hour and I'm like, I'm going to take that one hour. And I've been doing uh, personal training and I've been doing boxing. Guys, I could probably do one of your masterclasses at this point. Woo! (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) A hundred percent could not. You could. You've got like these yogis and me going, lay down for a little bit if you can't do any of it. (laughs) And that's the end. Um, No, but I've actually found like exercise, and now this is going to blow your mind because it's like your whole ethos, um, is actually really good for your mental health. Whoa, whoa, who would have thought it? Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. Tanya learns this information at 34. (laughs) Um, No, but walking has like helped me so much because I get so much in my head and I get frustrated. Like, and I think this year, you know, people have lost their jobs and Mm. been through it. Like I've lost Mm. almost every single one of my jobs. I'm still really grateful and, 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 you know, in a good place, but mentally being alone for so many hours when you're an overthinker and have severe anxiety is so bad for your head so to get out for an hour and walk changes your mind and it's been I know it sounds so dumb it's such a great learning experience oh I I agree 100% I'm the same with my anxiety too many thoughts through this time I just want to turn my mind off and and have some other thoughts come in that distract me but I found with exercise I actually think people will be exercising more because we have been told we can only do it for an hour yeah. outside as soon as we're told we we don't have unlimited time it's like okay well I'd better use this whole hour <laughs> yeah literally I've seen so many people out on this walk and you sort of I didn't realise there's like a walking community. I've just like realised all these things. I didn't even know dog parks were a thing until this year. <laughs> They're the best. They're the even if best. you don't have a dog. And you get to know everyone's dog. You're like, oh, my God, I know Peppa. And they're like, do you know their own? I'm like, nah. <laughs> and also, like, I found that, like, you know, because I think eating is such a one of my favourite things to do. But, you know, when you meet people for food, your life, sometimes you overeat during the day because you're, you know, but to socialise and walk is a game changer. Like, whoa, guys, guys, this is the year of realising things. I'm Kylie Jenner a couple of years later. <laughs> realizing thing i'm so not up with pop culture remember she was Did like kylie jenner have some realizations she's like i'm just realizing things and there was like this stupid <laughs> meme thing that she said years ago uh we just felt so sort of you know vacuous but now i'm like oh my god i kind of get it kylie i'm realizing things that are so basic i want to get i don't know we've never done this before but i feel like i want to play that on the podcast now yeah. please <laughs> and i feel like this year is really about like the year of just realizing stuff and everyone around me were all just like realizing things. 2016, looking good. Anyway, moving on. Well, moving, we actually want to go back a bit with you now. Um, what were you like growing up and, and what was your childhood like? So funny you asked that because I'm literally writing this book and you know it's so weird um, when you write fiction, you can write anything, right? You can mm. write that they're underwater or they're mermaids or they're you know, dolphins with 17 eyes. You can literally do anything. Uh, but I'm writing a really suburban uh, book, sort of like Hating Alice Nash. Do you guys remember that book? Yes. Mixed, yes, mixed with um, Babysitter's Club, so it's very suburban. And you can't help but write your own childhood. Like, I, incidentally. But this character is all the, has all the traits I wish I had. Like, when I was at school, I was really shy, um, even though I had a big personality, if that makes sense. I kind of concealed it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, you know, a bit of a strange child in the fact that I, um, 
when I was 14, I put on a, a play and sold tickets and we made $15,000. <laughs> incredible oh my god Mm. and because we were at school we couldn't keep the money because we're so young Mm. Uh, they invested it all back into the library so there's all these books that are like you know plays and stuff because we wanted it to go to the theater department they were all like you know bought to you by dags which was a show we did tanya and kat who directed it so i guess i was always like a super ambitious child but i only sort of gained this sense of self um you know, in my 20s. Took a really long time to find myself. Oh, yeah, totally. I think that's quite common, though, for um, people who are shy actually come across really out there and outspoken and confident. Yeah. Yeah, I actually am one of those weird people who... I realise in ISO, actually, I don't know if you guys have come across this, you're like, oh, maybe I'm actually an introvert-extrovert, not an extrovert-extrovert. It's like that weird (laughs) dichotomy of being sort of both... But yeah, I was so shy as a kid. I remember like I had to do singing at Steadfords just to get me up and singing in front of people. And I was so scared. Like I would just cripple. Like it was, I'm glad I did it, but it was crippling. And now, you know, it's strange to think what I do now considering what I was like. <laughs> but I will say it's like a journey. You don't just like wake up one day and do TV and mm. you're fine with it. Like, you know, <laughs> first time I did national TV, I like cried and cried and cried the night before because I was so scared. <laughs> You know what I mean? Absolutely. And as you said, journey, like it was quite a journey for you. It doesn't happen overnight. And I would love you to, I suppose, tell the listeners of your journey, you know, how you got into presenting and um, how that then turned into radio, that whole journey that you went through to kind of get to where you are today. I uh, started as like a theatre kid, like, Mm -hmm. you know, loved theatre, theatre degree, performing arts high school literally no straight men around me so no no distractions <laughs> like literally until I was like 24 um so I was just like really wanted to be a director wanted to be an actor and then I moved to Sydney after my uni degree in Bathurst and I was like I'm gonna go be like this serious actor and I got no jobs I think I auditioned for 150 shows and got nothing which is actually an anomaly in itself to get nothing is like you are really untalented um <laughs> I, I don't think I was untalented. I just think I was um, trying to be everything that I wasn't. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, you want a real actor? I'm going to wear this. Or you want this? I'm going to be this. And I was trying to be all these things that I wasn't and it wasn't working for me. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and then I was working backstage on Mary Poppins, the musical, as a dresser, like where you literally put clothes on um, actors, which was quite difficult, being wanting to be an actor yourself. Mm. So I would mm. wear the wigs and hats backstage, like which we are a hundred percent not supposed to do. Uh, I've never never been one to follow a rule. And then I finished doing that, and I remember one of the girls backstage in the ensemble was like, "Tanya, you should do radio." And I was like, because <laughs> I was doing stand up at the time, and stand up is very difficult because. you've got one person to bounce off and it's yourself and if you hate yourself it's really tough (laughs) you know what I mean and most comics have a a battle within themselves um most people do um so I was sort of like yeah I'm looking to move out of stand-up look and do something more collaborative and I didn't have any experience but I went and volunteered for six months six months (laughs) when I was 26 so it's not like I was like you know 16 19 I was you know like I had to move back to my parents. I had no money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got a job as a producer, as a radio producer, and I think I was on 26 grand mm-hmm. a year, mm-hmm. which is like 
six days a week, mm-hmm. starting at 3 a.m. You know wow. what I mean? Like when people come into the radio station now, I remember working in my last radio job and they were like, I'm really interested in, in doing radio. And I'd be like, cool, like here's a good way to do it. And they're like, I just want to be on air. I'm like, oh, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Like good on you for believing that you could, but like you have to go through this process. And I'm glad I did because it made me a better announcer. So I produced for a few years uh, and then I got poached by another radio station who heard me do a couple of weekend shifts and they were like, you're a radio announcer for breakfast, not a, not a, a music announcer, which I was so shit at. I was like, coming up next, maybe Justin <laughs> Bieber. I can't, I'm not reading, I can't really see the what's coming up next because I'm quite far away from the microphone and you know what I mean like I was a bit or I was terrible once I like did a poo and forgot to, to leave the like music on so it was like no music for six minutes while I pooed but like what are you what are you meant to do anyway what an elegant story I always feel for those the radio announcers that are by themselves solo during mm. the day it's tough and they say like put someone you know so you sound familiar put like a picture of your friend up and I used to do that uh, didn't help, but it does. It does for some people. But then I sort of got a radio job in Griffith, which is a town of thirty thousand. Not a lot going on in Griffith, but it's so pretty. It's the prettiest town. They have a sausage festival, and it's not just a bunch of men. It's a literal sausage festival. Like you can go eat a lot of chorizo. And I was like, sausage fest. I'm there. But I went by myself. Right, twenty six, moved to this country town, knew no one, lived in a literal meth lab. Like. <laughs> Like, you, mm, like I can't even, it was $100 rent a week. Like, it was so... Just for you? Just for me. But you could... Okay, so that's quite cheap, just for one person. Yeah, but you could Guernsey from the bottom to the top of the... Like, it was literally a, an actual meth lab, which was kind of cool, you know, <laughs> to be like, I'm living in a... Anyway. So then I did, like, six months or eight months there, and I worked hard. Like, I worked on a Sunday for prep for the Monday. I was in from, you know... 4.30 till 4 o'clock in the afternoon, sometimes 6 mm. o'clock. I did promotions. I did, you know, like, you name it, I did it. Uh, and then I actually wrote on the wall in my house in Griffith that I wanted to move to Toowoomba because I knew it would be the next size market. That's how radio works. And so I was like, okay, so I really want to go there and one day I got a phone call, you want to move to Toowoomba? Yep, so I moved to Toowoomba. <laughs> I did 18 months there, met my boyfriend there, and then I moved to Canberra, did two years in Canberra, full-time breakfast radio, um, and weekends at the same time, I did, which I was flying wow. for like five days a week breakfast in Canberra and then flying Friday afternoon for a meeting Friday afternoon with Jules Lund and then doing Saturday, Sunday live in Melbourne, then flying back like seven days a week breaking radio. Um, oh, I had so much stamina back then. Like I don't <laughs> think I could do it now. <laughs> like, you know, and I also prefer like sitting than working. Like it's, anyway. Uh, and then I did national. I did a national show for the last two years and resigned at the end of two thousand and nineteen. And I've sort of been. I did a jungle show, a celebrity jungle show. <laughs> yeah, I just sort a, of just did a little show. Well, I, well, I don't know what I thought. But anyway, and then and then I've just written two books, and here I am talking to you, very attractive women. So that <laughs> that's there. You go. There's what a ten, journey. Ten years in, like you know. <laughs> five minutes or maybe 10 minutes I don't know what I love about your story is that you literally never gave up Mm. like the fact even to go back to the start when you auditioned like 150 times and you got to know every time until it opened up a new door which was radio how did you at that time keep going what made you what where did your drive come from 
Do you guys ever feel this like spark of like, I have to do this? It's not like want to, it's like you have to. I don't know if you feel that. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what it is. It's like this tiny voice inside of you. When everybody says no, you're, you like can't stop. It's like, ugh, I, I don't know. I can't explain it. I've always thought, I've, I don't think I ever had a backup as well. Mm. Not saying to your listeners, hey, like don't have a backup. But also a very smart person told me once that um, if you have a backup, you'll do it. But if you don't, you can't, so you have to keep going. So I never had a backup. Mm. So it was either this or nothing. And also I can't do anything else, guys. Like I literally can't do anything. My skills are like writing, sitting, talking, and I get to do all of that. And I just knew I, I just had to work on my craft and get better and better uh, as well. And also I'm addicted to getting better and addicted to creating stuff. So it was a bit of a mixture of, I know that I have this in me and I can't do anything else. And how have you found radio? Because I mean, it's probably the most, one of the most competitive industries you could ever into, enter into. There's like 50 jobs in the whole of Australia. And, and I, I know you've spoken as well about that voice in your head that, that says you're not good enough. I can't imagine the pressure that you would go through with a radio job because obviously you get instant feedback, like people, because you're in their car, they feel like they can tell you. And like sometimes they come into the wrong. <laughs> exactly. And they write letters and they just, they feel like they can just throw anything at you because they probably don't even see you as a human because, you know, you have this amazing job. How did you, or, and how do you deal with that? And I found it really hard when I was in Canberra because I had like a hate group about me. Um, but again, you just have to keep going. Like I just had to keep going because I was like, there's nothing else. Like I can't do anything else. And I love radio so much. I, but I think, yeah, radio is competitive. Radio is hard. But mm. um, I'd be lying if I said I didn't miss it. Like I, I needed to step away for myself. Um, and you know why I stepped away? This is like the weirdest reasoning and, and not a lot of people would understand. I couldn't stand doing one day a week. I was like, I either do full-time or not at all. Doing, mm. now, spoiler alert, it was Saturday, Sunday, but we recorded Sunday on Saturday. <laughs> so it, it, was, it was one day a week and it yep. wasn't enough. And I was thinking about it too much because I have a very, if I'm in it, I'm in it personality. Mm. And I felt like doing one day a week was not satisfying and it wasn't radio to me because radio is like mm. um, waking up every single day and it's the... Uh, the storylines and the story arcs that I really loved. And when you can't do that, it was feeling frustrating. And I didn't want the thing that I loved so much to be frustrating. So I was like, I'll give this up until I can find a full-time job. Um, and you know what? There are no full-time jobs at the moment. But yeah, it's, it's weird like that, isn't it? How you could resign because you weren't doing enough of the thing you love. <laughs> But it's awesome. It just proves how passionate you are about what you do, mm. that you just want to do more and more of it, you know, because you enjoy it so much. So that's nice. It is. But I'm sure you guys have this too. It's like you're addicted to it. It's like this, you can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes if you, yeah, and I, I totally, back to those that thing of overthinking in your head, I can imagine if you were only able to do it for one day of the week mm. and, and having anxiety, like I know sometimes I'll do a podcast interview and then I'll go and like question every single sentence that I said for three weeks. Or like even sometimes when we do interviews, like Steph will be like, Laura, it's fine, calm down. But I'm like, oh, I did, I said this one word and like, was that wrong? Because like, it could be interpreted this way if you like changed into another language. Right. Steph's like, okay, no, it's fine. But I, I can imagine imagine that with that mindset having only one day mm -hmm. a week would have been really hard and then also deciphering so you only get like four breaks but 
or five breaks, but in normal radio, you have like five or six a day. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, I've got too much content. Like, <laughs> you know, and it sounds so dumb, but I was getting cranky. And it's like, this is a dumb thing to get cranky about, mm. you know? And I just felt like what's best for the team is actually for me to step away because my frustration is going to hurt them. And it's just such a weird frustration. It's like, hey, I love this job too much. <laughs> like, and, you know, when I was in the jungle, I spoke about radio so much. Like, mm. it's, um, I think I really found myself behind a microphone, which is why I love it so much. I didn't know who I was for a really long time. And then mm. when I was 26 and was behind a microphone in Griffith, I learned who I was. And I was like, oh, my God, this is who I am. And this is why it never worked for me as an actor, because who I am is so unique and that is my special thing, mm. not trying to be like everybody else. And the more I found myself, uh, the, the more I, the content I would make would be bigger. And, and that's why I started to make video because radio wasn't enough, mm. you know, and then I did radio and digital and then that was enough. So I was like, I'll do TV and then that wasn't enough. So I did books. I have a compulsion to create, um, but that came from figuring out who I was. So it sounds bizarre, but sometimes you've got to do strange things to figure out who you are. And once you know who you are, you're like set. Totally, totally. And I think that all comes with time as well. Um, mm. As you get older, you just get to know yourself more and more. And the more you think you try, as you said, you, you learn things. So I think that's awesome. Um, I do want to talk to goal setting. Our community loves learning about, you know, I mean, everyone has a different way of goal setting, you know, whether they set small goals, big goals, how often they do it. And you've spoken about writing goals down and setting them by your, by your bed. Have you always been a goal setter? Is that something that you just live for? Um, I think I learned it later in mm -hmm. life. Maybe I always did it, but never said it. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever been like, oh, I don't want to say it because people are going to judge me. Yep. Yeah, no, I just say it because I don't care. Mm. Uh, don't you reckon when you get older, you don't care? It's so great. I wish I could talk 100%. to my 15-year-old self and be like, stop caring so much. Uh, what do you guys do for goal setting? Do you write stuff down as well? Yeah, I'm like a, I'm a definitely a smaller goal setter. Like I almost do like my tasks as my goals because I like to make sure that I'm kind of like accomplishing little things here and there mm. that always makes me feel better kind of daily. Me too, yes. yes. That's kind of how I do it. What about you, Laurel? What's your... Yeah, I'm the same, except I relate to that so much, what you said about not... And I think I'm, I read actually... Um, Zoe Foster Blake's birthday post because she just turned 40 and she said in that post that what she learnt from her 20s to her 30s was that she just needed to care less um, and that was her biggest learning and I read that and I thought oh my goodness I hope I want to turn 30 tomorrow because I just <laughs> want to stop caring yes um so you know working through that but but I think that's something that does hold me back a bit with my goal setting because I think sometimes you, you don't want people to be um, intimidated by your ambitions, mm. I suppose, which which doesn't really make any sense, but I think it is something that a mm. lot of us struggle with in, in our minds. I feel like I've lost friends from being so ambitious. How wrong is that? I know. And it's so weird because I just... Uh, I don't know. It's tough, but that, that does happen. I, I really do think it happens, but it's sort of just like one of those situations where you're like, I probably wasn't meant to be friends with you anyway. Mm -hmm. And that, mm. that's fine um but yeah no I write stuff down now I do a year one mm -hmm. so at the beginning of the year which was tough for this year right because I didn't know it was gonna be a freaking <laughs> pandemic you know if I had have written like I plan to sit down and you know do a puzzle <laughs> more like I would have been like 
ping, I've achieved it. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, you know, strangely enough, one of the things I put on there was like, I really wanted to be in like in style or like Harper's Bazaar. And then those magazines went died. Like they were gone. <laughs> But the reason I wanted to be in one of those magazines, right, and so bizarre, but it's because, like, uh, I've never seen someone who really looks like me or Mm -hmm. someone who is, like, has a different ability. So, so, you know, those magazines are generally fashion and beauty, but I would love for those magazines to broaden up to be, like, mindset, you know, Mm -hmm. integrity, comedy, you know, like, you never see a, a news article, even in, like, New Weekly being, like, comedian finds self in isolation (laughs) and like shouldn't we celebrate that over them losing five kilos you know because sometimes people like comment on my weight all the time and I'm like but you've not commented on the fact that my brain is really good like I'm operating so well I'm being so creative I feel really happy which is quite hard to feel happy Mm. Um, but I've made it my goal to be happy Um, but no one cares unless you know you lose weight or you're wearing some designer dress so I thought, wouldn't it be cool if like a Harper's Bazaar and InStyle celebrated your internal self instead mm. of your external self? I love so that. that. What about Vogue? They're next. Yeah, you just put Vogue. I'm like, <laughs> I will show leg if I need to. <laughs> yeah, no. That's such a great point. It's it's such a great point on on what you said. I think especially with um, more the weekly magazines, it's mm. it is you, you could do a huge achievement or even just a normal life, you could achieve something so big. But but I think that if you you lost for all of us, if we lost five kilos, that would actually get more validation it than does. anything we could do in our careers. Yeah, like when I wrote my book, I didn't get as many likes as when I lost five kilos. And that hurts my soul. It hurts me. A hundred percent. But, you know, it is the world. And, and you know, Instagram's a visual medium. So, like, you know, I sort of, you, you kind of have to justify and make it logical to yourself. Um, but, yeah, on my board was, like, write another book. It was moved to L.A. Ovs can't do that. Um, but, yeah, I find writing it down and then looking at it every day is really, really helpful. It's it's manifesting, ultimately. And um, people have issues with manifesting because they're like, oh, it's EPDP. And it's like, well, if you just do it and it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. But if you don't yeah. do it, then you're in no worse a situation. So why don't you do it? Yeah. Is that, would that be your tip for anyone that kind of wants to start goal setting or manifesting is to just kind of just do it because there's no harm in it? <laughs> if it doesn't work, you've lost nothing. If it does, you've gained something. So they, to me, it's just like a... a yeah, a win-win. Mm-hmm. I have this great quote. It's not my quote, but I'm claiming it as my it's Arnold, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and it's a gym quote. So it's from an I saw this at 45 quote. It said, "You can either have results or excuses, not both. So choose." And it was for fitness, and I was like, "Lol, no way." This is before I've discovered walking, um, but I applied it to my career, right? Mm. And I was like, "I don't want to look back and go, hey, what did you do with your career or your life?'" I don't want to be like, well, I had an excuse for why I didn't do that. I had an excuse why I didn't do that. Or I could have the results and I just choose every time to have the results. And that I find helps with um, anxiety. If you have an anxious personality, you go, I'm going to have a result or an excuse today. Don't let your anxiety win. Mm. So I always talk to myself in that way. I'm like, you will not win today, devil voice inside my head. You know, I don't sound strange, but that's been a really, really helpful one, especially in this kind of climate where you're like I'll just lay down it's like but if you lay down that's an excuse we've spoken to um there's an amazing psychologist Dr Jody who we've spoken to on this podcast and she spoke about that as well as that voice that anxious voice in your head naming that voice Mm -hmm. so taking it away from your head and then you literally telling it no 
and and that's amazing and you know what i actually don't think that quote is very good for fitness because i feel like it is not the way to think because it's yeah, you're very right. like <laughs> you know it's not about balance so that's fine but let's apply it to every you know, other the rest thing, of yeah. life yeah yeah well because you know, so many people come to me for advice and i think it's lovely that people think that i even have advice to give which i sometimes i do some sometimes i'm like i just fake it i just fake it and like look at me go good on me <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like i don't know how i did this either <laughs> but a lot of it i'm like results are excuses people are like oh I'm, I'm just I'm scared I won't be funny I'm like cool that sounds like a really good excuse oh I'm mm. worried I don't have the time Beyonce has the time that's an, ex- <laughs> that's an excuse you that know is I'm- the best quote you have as many hours in the day as, as Beyonce. Beyonce yeah I mean I mean she's not doing much at the moment oh maybe she's I'm not the, I don't know I don't know but like if you name if you tell people because sometimes people can't identify their own excuses but if you sometimes I think being a good friend is almost telling them like because if they really want it, and I really want to help people, sometimes I'm like, you're just telling me a bunch of reasons why you can't. Why don't you tell me one reason why you can and use that as the emphasis, mm-hmm. uh, like the reason to be creating? Like my biggest piece of advice is do it. Do it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like, and on that, we would love to know, you're obviously so driven and in our eyes you are, I mean, in everyone from the outside's eyes, you are so successful in so many ways. Don't forget sexy. And sexy and amazing and hot. (laughs) Yeah. And and everything. (laughs) And humble. (laughs) (laughs) But we would love to know, um, and I suppose you said before people come to you for advice, is that, do you feel successful? Or if because you are so driven, does it mean that you don't feel successful because you just want to keep, you know, doing more and more and more? Here's a question to you both. Mm-hmm. Do you both feel successful? We ask first. Well, and- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you answer and then we'll answer. <laughs> now I feel like I'm like doing a test or something. Um, <laughs> yes, I do. I do feel like I am because um, gratitude has really helped me. Mm realize because so for, I think that's another thing that COVID and, and ISO has really taught me it's like uh to be gr- grateful for so much you know it's like I'm grateful that like I can walk I'm grateful that I have oxygen in my lungs I'm grateful that I have creative ideas that keep me up till 2 a.m I'm grateful that I'm allowed and you guys you know allowing me to come onto your podcast I'm <laughs> I'm grateful that I have a book publisher who wants to publish my dumb ideas <laughs> you know like and and I think little Tanya would be fucking stoked. She'd be like, holy shit, bitch. I can't believe you did all of that. Mm. So uh, do I want to go further? Yeah. But do I think that I've done a pretty fucking good job for somebody who had zero idea? Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's what's awesome is that like looking at yourself as successful doesn't mean you've settled. It doesn't mean that like, you know, you can't still be driven to keep going or to keep climbing. But it is also really important to be able to kind of acknowledge your your wins. And I love what you said about, you know, little Tanya, because I often think back to um, little Steph and think back like and and if I knew like 13 you know what yes. I was going to be doing now one I wouldn't have believed it but me too you right? know it makes me feel really proud and that's you know it makes me feel successful mm. so I'm in the same boat what do you reckon the moment was when you felt successful like was there a mo- like Laura for you like I thought you looked so good in the front of women's health um fuck yeah like was that <laughs> that's nice. it was pretty hot eh? yeah was that like a moment 
Oh, that magazine's gone as well now. I know. It is. It's so sad. Yeah, and that was a real... Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Was, that, was that a moment it, for you, like, where you felt successful or...? Yeah, I, I mean, 100%. I think it's it's funny. You, we, we speak about how from the outside, you often, you can't see yourself because you're in it. Yeah. So I feel like, so, you know, someone might say to me, you're so successful. And I'll say, oh, you're just being nice for saying that. But I think something like women's health for me was um, was a validation yeah. of that, I suppose, in some way that like someone else had acknowledged it. Um, because, you know, it's so nice for your mum and also for Steph, you know, every day she tells me like the most beautiful things. And I'm like, yeah, you're my best friend. Like, yeah, have, you to, have say to say that. that. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's nice to be recognised um, in that way, I suppose. But but everything we do with Kick, I think that's more what has connected me with that feeling of success in that I feel like we found our purpose mm-hmm. in helping people and that's really... Um, purpose is yeah, a really, fabulous really. word and I feel like that's such a good word for both of you guys. I, I've got to say, I'm such fangirls of you guys just because I'm stoked for what you do and the meaning behind it. It's not just... I don't know. I, I think it's helpful for a lot of people, including myself. And maybe I'm not super in the demographic. Um, oh, don't you know, be silly. I'm older than both of you. Uh, <laughs> but, but like, it's the purposefulness that I'm always drawn to and the why, which I think is really, really important. Um, what about with your sunny stuff? Were you like, this is like, fuck, I love your sunny. It's got so many <laughs> pairs. I've got an uncomfortable amount. Of, I'm looking for them, but they're not over there. I know. I appreciate it. You always message me about them and I really appreciate I love, it. Because I love really sunglasses yeah. so much. <laughs> like sunglasses are my fetish. Yeah. Uh, well, that was really fucking good sunglasses. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's very sweet. Um, but, yeah, I was, I was kind of the same. Like people collect shoes or handbags or whatever. And for me it was bikinis and sunglasses. So oh. um, I was really excited to kind of create a brand with my obviously husband now and then two of our closest friends um to create something that we kind of had all envisioned and and it and it work is is really really cool and having people kind of even having you say that and say how much you actually love the sunglasses as someone who loves sunglasses that makes me feel successful like that is that's validation to me they're so good and also like the fact that they come in like a recyclable can be a water thing. Like, are you ki- now? If you've not born bought these sunglasses, they come in right because of the brand is soda. Now this is now. I love marketing. I fucking love love marketing. It comes in a water container or a soda container, and it looks like it's got a little ring poppy thing, like a, like a Coke container, and the sun is right there. And they're upright, guys. You've got to get around these sunglasses. Well, thank I'm, you. I I'm going to be your brand ambassador without your knowledge or permission. We can. It's fine. I'm happy for you to be. That's amazing. I kind of already am because people will DM me about your sunnies. They're like, I'm thinking about getting the Montanas. I'm like, oh, you get around them. Yeah. They're like, are those, um, you know, the blue ones? They're like, are they as good as they look? And I'm like, babe, they are. Like, I'm literally your number one. I'm, a, I'm your personal influencer. Well, thank you. Really appreciate it. But no. on marketing, like, you, um, I feel like that is where, where your creativity comes from and everything. Like, you are so good at, at even, like, marketing yourself and your own brand and, like, what you are doing because all you need to do is take a second on your page and you get to know you and you, as in, like, your authentic self, it's so obvious that that is what is why you've worked that's why you've been successful that's why your book is epic that's why you were great on the radio you know that's why people wanted to see you on the tv show because you are just your authentic self and you're so creative in that that like by just posting something of yourself it's like the biggest marketing tool ever and when i i forgot to mention earlier 
when I asked how you're going with 2020, how are you going with the news of TikTok um, possibly being shut down? Girl. Because your TikTok videos. Yeah, but uh, I like your TikTok. I steal all the kick TikToks. Like <laughs> if you guys have got like a sound bite, I'm like, I'll steal that one. <laughs> you're so good at them. I love TikTok so much. And I'd be devo if it was taken away because you know why I like it? It's sort of like making content. And you guys probably find this as well, but it's like no pressure. Yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. got the algorithm of old Facebook. Like old Facebook would get like 6 million views. New Facebook gets 30,000 views. Mm. So it's sort of like exciting to use the platform because there's views. And it's, I don't know. It and is it's though. Not, and it's for- a bit povo, which I kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I can lip sync to somebody else and people are like, good on you. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. great. I've done slim to no effort. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're going to be just fine, though, if it goes, because you, I mean, you post what you post on TikTok, then onto your page, and I just feel like you're just going to be so good at continuing to create your own content like that. Um, well, do you guys not think this is like the new age, right? It's like the magazines, are, you know, no longer, um, you know, podcasts are such the uprising, and, mm. and social media is the new platform. And it's sort of like, I'm kind of like confused and scared mm. as to what the new world is going to look like. And I keep theorising about what's new and what's next and how do we watch TV and, you know, where does radio sit into the, the sphere of everything? And it's sort of like, no matter what, we always thought social would go away, but I think social's going to uprise even mm. more so. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. I know, which is a good and bad thing. Sometimes I'm like too addicted to my phone. Yes, yes, it can definitely be a bad thing. Mm. Um, And one thing like where social media can be a bad thing is the pressure that strangers feel like they can put on you um, from the outside looking in. And I wonder, not just through social media, but in the industry that you are in, um, if it's okay, if you could open up to um, any struggles you ever found or any pressures you ever found, as you were talking about before, with like a news article, for example, being more interested in talking about your weight than something that you've, you know, achieved. How has that been for you working in the industry that we do? Well, because I've gained a lot of weight in the media, like in the public eye, that's been like the hardest thing because people will be like, you used to look so good. Mm. Or if I post an old video, people are like, you look so great. I'm like, ah, ah, ah. But here's the thing. I've realised, sorry, that's me moving a chair around. Um, (laughs) I've realised that, um, and this has taken years, but my mind is the thing I love the most. I remember this chick asked me once and she was a, you know, friend from sort of, you know, friend of a friend and she goes, what's your sexiest body part? And she like had a butt picture and I know that it was just opposed to butt picture and good on her. I'm here for it. Good butt. But I was like, um, my brain. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. ever since then I've like stood by that. So if people are like, you've put on weight, I'm like, yes, but I've gained so much creativity. You know, you used to look so much better, but my mind wasn't better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes being bigger is because of stress. Like, I've been extremely stressed. I've travelled a lot. I've had a lot of pressure on myself. And that looks like uh, comfort eating. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry that I comfort eat, but at least I'm not on meth. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know? No, it, it is. It's. I mean, that's that's <laughs> your last line there is freaking hilarious. Um, but it's so true. It's like, <laughs> oh when you advertise this podcast, could you put the sound bite of me going, I may be fat, but I may be addicted to twisties, but at least it's not meth. Like, oh and we'll put it with the sound bite from the start where you lived in a meth lab. <laughs> Tanya talks to Kick about meth. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. Joke, 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 joke. But it, it, it is so true. It's it's hard to it's it's hard to sometimes ignore those external um, you know pressures or um, random people that decide to tell you when you were better when they have no idea what was going on in your life. Like I have plenty of friends who have you know fluctuated in their weight the whole their whole entire life, and sometimes the the points where they were. At, I don't know, at society's, you know, perceived perfection, um, their headspace was actually the worst ever or they were really depressed or, um, you know, killing themselves basically to be, to look that to way. Look like and that. it's like, what, what do you, what would you prefer? Would you prefer a stranger to tell you you looked good at that point? Or would you prefer all the people around you to be proud of the person that you are from the inside, from your success and from where your mind's at and from a healthy mindset? And it's like, obviously you want that yeah but it's hard sometimes you have to remind yourself of that and I wasn't healthy so I'm getting healthy now but like you know say for example like you're eating like crazy well you know like mm-hmm. I've eaten when we were in the jungle it was like 800 calories and we'd be crazy like really low and I still couldn't lose weight so like there's also things that people don't understand and you're totally. like it's, it's not thyroid I think I have a problem with my gut I've you know what I mean I'm like I yeah it's tough and and it's not just a one-size-fits-all situation. Mm. And this is sort of why I'm like, I wish I wasn't constantly looked at for how much weight I lost or gained but mm. looked at by my um, humour. Like, why can't you judge me on my thing I uh, do professionally? Like, I'm not a yeah. model. Not saying that models should be fucking... No, but it, it exactly what you said. It's like what you value in yourself and it's what you are kind of putting out there the most. So why can't they focus on that? That's I get it. But, you know, what drives me nuts is people go, oh, we've moved so far as a society. And I'm like, sort of. Sort e- of. Yeah. I think there is still this misconception that, um, you know, healthy is only at one size. It's of, like it, I still don't know how people don't understand that genetics play a massive role in people's body types. And then that means that your healthy weight range is going to be different to someone else's. Yeah. And, like, I go to PT twice a week. I walk three times a week and I'm still not losing a lot of weight. So, like, there is definitely some insulin issue here as well. But also, I really like to exercise now. It's really good for my mind. Plus, when I'm boxing, I take out my aggression. So... (laughs) Sometimes people don't necessarily exercise to be thin. They exercise, like, or skinny or whatever. They exercise for their brain. And, yeah, I wish people, like... Yeah, people are like, oh, you know, you've not lost that much weight. I'm like, wait, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, it's you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. What can you share? What can't you share? I don't know anymore. And um, I think ISO's made everyone a bit crazy as well, right? Like, don't you reckon everyone's weird on – everyone's like, I don't want to follow that person. I don't want to follow that person. I've got a strange opinion on that person now. <laughs> yes. hundred like, percent. But you know what? I feel like the more messages that are spread that exercise is for your mental health mm-hmm. as, you know, physical health, whatever, but it's for your mental health. It, it's so important because I think especially for things like dealing with anxiety, it, it's a great coping mechanism. 
and and it, it doesn't yeah it, it's not about losing weight it that's also not a reason to keep exercising I feel like if you're only comes back to your why like if the only reason you're exercising is to fit into a dress like once you're fitted into it or whatever like that you're probably not going to feel very fulfilled because you'll still have problems with yourself because that you think that weight loss will solve them and then also you're just going to stop exercising but if you have a why like I'm going to be mentally better like that's sustainable and that's really important yeah also I find that it's in like for anyone who has anxiety and like hates exercising can I just let me just talk to you personally right now because I was you at the beginning of the year it actually helps (laughs) and you know it's a time right like if I do PT it's a time where, especially boxing, boxing's a good one because you've got to focus. Mm. It means that you are not spending time inside of your head. You are spending time super present. Literally PT that's really active that like, okay, so it's like punch here, punch here, this punch, this punch, move. You can't think about anything else other yeah. than what you are doing. It brings you into the present and then leaves you there. That is why it's so good for somebody who has anxiety because you live in your past Mm. so pull yourself into the future and that's why i think pt is so good i should be a i should be a spokesperson for personal training (laughs) i should be a spokesperson for a lot of things i just feel very passionately if i like something i love it also if i hate things i do hate it but you know i don't want to get cancelled so Oh, totally. No, no, the, the, the pressure of that. Well, you can be a spokesperson for Kick any day. Oh, I already um, am. Just let us know. <laughs> I own a lot of your products. <laughs> what are you guys going to do next? What are you, like, can you share? So you've got and you could, you have baby food as well, right? Or is that coming? No, we've got that. We've got that. The, the thing we're working on at the moment is um, some changes within the app. So there's some oh. exciting things going on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? I was I saw your rundown of like masterclasses, but you know, if you ever need somebody to do a masterclass in resilience, I'm here. I love that. Well, thank you. <laughs> and so important, resilience. Yeah, because I can get pushed down and just always get up again. I'm like one of those... I don't know what the word is. You know those, those things that... No, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Are you like t- a... <laughs> With the I know what you're sand in the I, bottom. I, can, I can see it. <laughs> so on that, and I'm resilient. And you, I mean, I know you touched on before um, how you had a Facebook group about you that was fully trolling. How do you deal with trolling? How do you get back up every single time? Uh, it gets better and it gets easier, you know, because at the big, when you first get it, you're like, oh, my God, my world is crumbling mm. down. But then after a while, you're sort of like, eh, look what I'm doing. Hmm. I kind of feel sorry for this person. I don't think about that person and they're thinking about me. So you kind of perspectivize it a, a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, some days are better than others. You know what it's like if you have a bad day and you read a bad comment, you get into a bad headspace. Um, but hmm. usually I can pull myself out of it quicker now just through dealing with so much of it. But I will tell you, it's still really scary and I was really um, scared to go on I'm a celeb for that reason because, um, you know, you I had a fight about a sock in there. I don't know if you guys watched the show. So stupid. I <laughs> so stupid. Ugh, I still am cranky at myself for, like, that thing happening. But the, there's, like, a million views on the video mm. and, like, almost every single one is, like, negative about me um, and in a really aggressive way. But <laughs> I don't know. Like, I got to have that fun experience, not about us fighting over a sock, but... <laughs> <laughs> and not eating that, like, weird cockroach. But I don't know. It does – perspectivizing does help. Mm. 
Yeah, for sure. But I also am a big fan of a block and a delete. Yes, same. Same. You know, and people go, you might see, they might write to you on another, you know, like a YouTube and go, hey, you blocked me. And I'm like, well, I, put, I wouldn't have blocked you for no reason. Like, did mm. you, mm. did you say something? Like, oh, it wasn't personal. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I have, Probably was. <laughs> I have this like crazy comment from like when I first started in, in radio in 2016 in, in Canberra. No. Uh, yeah, 2016. And it was like, you are the most untalented person alive. I am embarrassed mm. for you. Like, and then I had this huge video, um, which was this makeup tutorial go viral the next year, almost a year to the date. And that same chick wrote, I love you. You're such a great ambassador for our town. Like, you're so funny. And I was like, Scorpio, right? I screenshot the message she wrote a year before and stewed on it, guys. Like, I read it every day and believed it. And obviously I remembered her name because I stewed on it and believed it and screen, put the screenshot underneath and I was like, interesting, because a year ago you had this to say. <laughs> what did she say back? It wasn't personal. It's like, why is that an out? Why like, is that line an out for trolls? You're telling How me that I'm untalented and you're embarrassed for me, but it's not personal? I was like... It couldn't be mm. more personal. Like you made oh. you personally made me hate myself for a year. And I think this is the thing with trolls. People think that they can write whatever they want. And you know what? We're preaching to the converted because nobody who listens to this podcast would do this. I really believe they wouldn't mm. because they wouldn't be smart enough to listen to this sort of dialogue <laughs> that you guys are having, you know. Um, but people don't understand the power of their words. And uh, I would really love for the legislation to be reflective of that. Um, I called the police on a comment that I had, which was, if I met you, I'd hit you over the head with a chair. Oh. And Canberra's small, right? So I was like, fuck, like that mm. could actually happen. And there's a few people who sort of, you know, wrote underneath it the same violent acts. I called the police and they were like, who are you? And I was like, oh, look, I'm literally no one. I just do this radio show. And they were like, oh, yeah, um, I missed the guys who were on before you. They were heaps better. And I was like, even the police who are, and they're like, we can't do anything because it's, they're not doing it to your face. And I was like, they're doing it online. Where is the accountability? Mm. And I really think accountability needs to be brought into social media in a real way before we lose any more friggin' lives. Like, it's... Uh unbelievable there's you know there's not enough there's not there's uh, is there even any legislation it's like the the yeah the legislation hasn't been updated with the times no. you know you, you can send a threat through social media and that should be considered as as just as threatening as if it was in person i think what needs to happen is that you need to have an id that's linked to your account account so basically say if i, I threaten steph online i could go somebody else had my account there's so many ways yeah. for it not to be like I could get out of it in so many ways. So what it needs to be mm -hmm. that that needs to yeah yeah. I've thought about this for a long time. Just because every time you know a young person takes their life due to online bullying, oh, of course. Mm. I just I'm like, why are we not like when there is there when we have a, an accident in like a car accident, right? And it might happen at a set of lights. We put in a roundabout because we acknowledge there's a problem. Why have we not put in a roundabout for this? Yeah. Like, where is the solution? There needs to be accountability. We can't keep losing lives like this and not having any resource or, or people to be blamed. People, If people went to jail for this, people would stop doing it. 
Yeah, mm. yeah, totally. And it, and as we said before, like social media is not going anywhere. It's not just like a phase. People need to these rules need to come in because it's not going to go anywhere. It's only going to. And we've grow. had the internet for like fifteen years now. Like, come on, you can't be like mm. it's so new. We don't know what's going on. Really, I've had Facebook for eleven years. I'm off it. Yeah, well, I'm off it. I'm off it. <laughs> Agreed. Re everything that you said about trolling, and I suppose. Um, yeah, I think I think what you said about like people just not understanding that their words can actually really harm someone is just something that just needs to be like screamed at the top of everyone's lungs because I, I honestly think that um, whilst there is definitely really purposefully like rude, mean trolls out there that just want to make someone feel like shit, I think there is also a small percentage of people who don't even know when they're trolling and they just they just don't get it. It's like just just read what you are writing to someone or writing on someone's post. Think about how you would feel if, like, they were doing that to you before you post it. You know, the, my favourite ones are when they tag a friend and they say something to their friend. Yes. It's like, just DM them. Just DM them. When they're like, at, you know, Sophie, how embarrassing is this? And I always write back and I'm like, girl, so embarrassing. I was like, you know what's more embarrassing? The fact that you've tagged them and I can see this. Yeah. No, yeah, that totally. happens to me a lot. And I'm like, I don't care if you think it's cringy. Like, I don't care. Yeah. It is what it is. It's not for you if you think that. And also, totally. your op- opinion is none of my business, which yeah. is something that's really helped me as well. RuPaul has this line that he says, unless those haters are paying your bills, pay those bitches no mind. <laughs> and I love, love that. that. Because I'm like, well, you're not paying my bills. Like, you don't pay for what I do, so why should I care about you? Yeah. And you're, you know, the people's opinions that I value are, you know, people in the industry, uh, people who have been long-time fans or, or consumers of my content they're, they're who I really care about and they're who the content is made for and it's purposely made for them mm. and the other thing that people forget is people are fucking great as well on the internet some people mm. like I have a folder on my computer of nice comments that I read oh. because I get into bad headspaces and these yeah. comments like pull me out of them and they remind me that not everyone's an asshole and sometimes they're like hey you know it really meant the world when you did this or you don't realize but you know my husband passed away and your videos you know bought me some joy when I really needed it and it's like that's who the content's for like it's not for you assholes it's for people who need it yeah well from that what is the most important thing to you twisties (laughs) wait cheese or chicken chicken or barbecue (laughs) no not barbecue that's (laughs) That sounds like that a, was a special edition. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds like a special edition that sort of made it like <laughs> it had a bit of success and that sort of really <laughs> like Lamington or something. Girl, I love Lamingtons. <laughs> when I lived in Canberra, I used to travel an hour and a half to get a, to get a Lamington. And I was like, I need to get a hobby, and I was like, No, this is a hobby. Um, <laughs> Lamington. Uh, no, what twisties? Wait, wait, wait oh, I need that. Stephanie, what was your question? My, Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie, my question <laughs> uh, is what is the most important thing to you other than twisties and lamingtons? Um, uh, happiness. Yeah. Joy. And I'm chasing that at the moment because I feel like I've chased work for a really long time. And yes, it brings me joy, but I've got to find joy outside of that because um, if that goes down, I lose everything. So... Mm. Uh, I'm chasing hanging out with friends and being present with them. I'm chasing, like, things that make me laugh. Um, I'm going to dog parks just because it's fun and I didn't know they existed and it's fun to hang out with random dogs. Um, uh, And 
walking, which makes me happy. I'm chasing happiness yeah. because life is short. You know, when I lost my pop a couple of years back and my life has taken, you know, there's the, a lacking of joy because, you know, when someone passes, it's, yeah. it's, it's tough. And I thought... I don't want to die and be sad and overthinking things. I want to be joyful and just have that as a great life and and creative. That's it. I just want to have joy and creativity. Perfect. Love that. And, and with that in mind, and obviously also after 2020, <laughs> no goals in 2020, what are your goals for the next few years um, post this year? Mm. Well, I would lo- I really want to move to L.A., I think that there's just a little bit more um, in the narrative comedy sp- space over there and they incubate comedy as opposed to here where I don't feel like we do that that often. Like Amy Schumer came from an incubator program um, for Comedy Central and they incubated Broad City Girls and, you know, it sort of pushes people along, whereas we don't really have that here. So I, I think I really would like to move over to LA and give that a crack. And... Um, I mean, look, if I could have half the career of Rebel Wilson, I'd be a happy woman. I really want to move into film and television, mm. long, like 30-minute comedy, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's playing a role or writing it myself. I have written a, a TV show pilot because, you know, can't Amazing. stop. Amazing. But, yeah, I guess I, 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 I want to do that. Mm. And I would love this kid's book to be good and I'd love to make a whole series out of it because I don't want to stop writing this character. I love that. That's nice. I will. I. I, I think. It, I think it will be. I think anything you do is is going to be great. Well, fingers crossed. No, because you know what? That doesn't work. You know what does work? Hard work. <laughs> no excuses. You have results or excuses. That's it. I'm going to send you guys a couple of pages of this book. That's how I'm obsessed with it. And I'm like, you guys have to read it, even if, like, you don't want to. I'm making both of you read oh, it. Oh, no, we, we would love that. You have been such a joy to record mm. with. Haven't laughed this much in ISO for a while, so thank you very much. Oh, and, and for all the wisdom that you shared. Um, thank you. Oh, my God, you guys are the best. I'm such fans of you. Keep being <laughs> fierce and fabulous, and I'm, like, 100% your biggest fan. And personally, I'm both of your, like, number one influencer I'm going to influence for both of you <laughs> and I don't <laughs> because don't you reckon oh right people share fucking hate they're like fuck I hate that person and it's like you shouldn't do that you should fucking go look at that bitch she's a weapon let's celebrate that bitch one of my biggest problems is that I tell people they're too great too often no I love that that's great but well, don't you reckon <laughs> yeah agreed <laughs> thank you so much Thank you so much for listening to that, everyone. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. If you want to see more of Tanya, you can find her Instagram handle in our show notes. And speaking of Instagram, as we mentioned at the start of the Kick Pod, we are still releasing some more stuff on Kick, as in what's to come. And there's some really exciting news coming tomorrow, possibly, maybe. Keep an eye out on our socials. Yeah, and maybe our socials. some new visitors. <laughs> maybe some new visitors our socials are at keep it cleaner for instagram and then our personal ones are at laura.henshaw and at steph claire smith we will be back next wednesday with another kick pod episode guys thank you so much for listening bye bye